0: Welcome to season four of the Invest Your Best podcast with Allie Kay. Come along as I casually explore what it takes to live your best life mentally and physically by focusing on the things you can control, your thinking and actions. Come and listen as I have open, real and honest conversations about what it takes to step into action to live your best life. It's time to invest your best. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Invest Your Best podcast. I am your host, Allie Kay, And on this episode, I am giving you all the details about my C-section, postpartum so far, nursing, pumping, all the questions you guys asked me. This is the postpartum and birth story episode, so stick around. <laughs> So, I am three weeks and three days postpartum. And every single day, I start to feel a little more like a human being. It's really weird because I was just like describing this to someone that, like, you know, for the past nine months, I've been pregnant. You know, I've been pregnant, Allie. That's how I've identified myself. You know, that's my identity. And then you know, three weeks ago I had Lane and now I'm Allie again. Like I'm not pregnant, but like I look in the mirror and I'm not, you know, the Allie I was before I got pregnant. Like obviously a lot has changed physically, mentally, all the things. And it's really weird because it's like You're in this like limbo stage where it's about creating this new identity. Like, you're not pregnant anymore. You're not your old self. You're this new version of yourself. You know, it's not better. It's not worse. It's not anything, but just like you creating this new version of yourself. And someone even said, you know, it's kind of like a weird phase because you're kind of mourning your old self and your old life. And I think I felt that a lot with my firstborn because, you know, all of a sudden you bring home this baby from the hospital and it's like, you can't nap when you want to nap. You can't be selfish like you used to. You can't just go out to dinner. You know, like that new life is very like overwhelming at first going from like no kids to having your firstborn. And you always look back at that previous life. And I think you mourn that version of your life. And like I said, it's not like you're mourning it because you're sad. You're just mourning it because it's over. You know, things will never be the same. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's an amazing thing. But it's different. It's like a new chapter of your life has opened. And that's how I feel right now. It's really weird because I don't recognize the person when I look at myself in the mirror, you know, it's this new version of myself. And I also don't know who this new version of me is. And I kind of have to create it the next couple of weeks and months. And I think that's why postpartum, among with all the things, you know, that you go through hormonally and all the other things, you're also like creating this new identity with yourself. But I just wanted to share that and get that off my chest because, you know, it's okay to have a hard time postpartum. You know, this is my third baby and I I can't say it's any easier. The one thing I will say is like, I feel like I have a more of an appreciation for this newborn phase because I know how fast it goes. You know, the first two years of the baby's life is, you know, it's a lot. You're caring for this child and, you know, they get into things and they always, you know, are attached to you, especially nursing and pumping but, you know, those two years of life and in the grand scheme of things, it's just two years and it goes by so fast. And then before you know it, you have an eight and a half year old about to turn nine in December. That's like a preteen. That's like, whoa, where is time gone? So I just want to share that with you guys. If you are postpartum, um, you know, hang in there. It's it's a beautiful but delicate vase and um, you know, it's 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 the time to really gather other people around you and also look for support too because you're not alone through this. But that's my spiel. So I asked some questions on Instagram. So I'm going to answer those. There's like a wide variety, but I do want to share my C-section story because a lot of you guys have asked. Um, I will say this is a birthing story. So if you are currently about to give birth, I just want to give that warning where sometimes It's not productive to hear other people's birth story because it can cause even more anxiety. I'm just going to lay it out there. You know, births can be amazing. They can be traumatizing. They can be hard. They can, they're all different. And um, this is my birthing story. So I just want to give that like trigger warning. Like if you're pregnant, um, fast forward this part, unless you are open to hearing it, but just want to give that. Morning, so my c section this was my third c section, so mentally, I felt good about it because my firstborn was an emergency c section, and then Ford, my second baby, was a scheduled c section, and just the vibe between those two section two c sections were completely different, like obviously, with Lucas, my firstborn, it was very you know quick, and you know everyone was on edge. it was an emergency, and we had to get this baby out. And also, I had been in labor for three days in the hospital before it ended in a C-section, so I was tired. And then with my scheduled one, it was such a different vibe. Like, the doctor had music on, everyone was laughing, we were taking photos and pictures, and it was a beautiful, like peaceful, fun, laid-back environment. So with my third scheduled C-section, well, third C-section, but my second scheduled one, I, in my mind, just thought I was going in like my second one, like a good time, laid back, you know, within 20 minutes, baby will be here, all will be well, and that was the furthest of how it went. Um, I think this C-section was probably more intense. I don't want to say... I will use the word traumatic. It was traumatic in the sense where like, I needed to process what happened after the C-section. And I want to say it was a lot more intense than actually my first one, my emergency C-section. And I'll kind of tell you why. So... I got wheeled in. And of course, the night before, like I had anxious thoughts, you know, you're having surgery the next day, you're also meeting your baby, you know, there was a lot to think about. But that morning, I felt good. You know, we put I put on my makeup, I got ready, my husband and I took photos, we were like, laughing on the car ride there, like, what will baby be, you know, just talking and all was well, I walked in normal procedures. And I got wheeled back and what happens with like the C-section is they start the procedure without your significant other in the room because they still have to give you, you know, the um, the spinal tap and then they lay you down and then they start the procedure without your significant other there and then the nurse will get your significant other and walk them into the room. So my spinal tap went fine. Um, Nothing like out of the ordinary with that. Um, He laid me down. The anesthesiologist laid me down right away. My feet were going numb. Um, All was fine. Doctor came in. You know, it, it was like a laid back environment, like my second one. Then they start opening me up and... I never knew this until like recently, but with a C-section, you know, it's not just like you cut into your stomach and there's baby, like you have to go through layers of it. So like you go through the fat layer, then the muscle layer, then you get to like your organs, like there's layers of it. And as soon as he started opening me up, I immediately felt more pressure than I ever did. Like you always, like with a C-section, you don't feel sharp pain, but you feel pressure. Like they push down and you feel that pressure. And I started feeling that more and I just started having anxiety because all of a sudden I was like, okay, this is different than my other two C-sections. And I think this was going on for about like five or 10 minutes and Justin walks in like recording and he's like, hi, how are you? And I'm just like, stop recording. Like, you know, immediately I think he felt my energy and was like, okay, you know, kind of like. I think he was still kind of not oblivious, but not fully aware of like how I was feeling in that moment, like how tense I was. Um, You know, obviously he was just focusing on, you know, baby and everything seemed fine. But I like inside my head was having a lot of anxiety because it felt different and I was feeling a lot of pressure. Um, And so my doctor kept saying, you know, oh my gosh, there's scar tissue. I'm glad this is your last C-section because there's a lot of scar tissue. And with a C-section, you know, you're aware, you're like in the room with everyone. You're aware of what's going on. And On top of that, my doctor has to communicate with his teammates around him, you know, so they can't really hide what's going on. So immediately he kept saying, you know, you have a lot of scar tissue that we're cutting into, you know, and he's like, it's hard. He kept saying it's like as hard as concrete. And I just remember we got finally to baby where they were about to, you know, put, pull him up. And so Justin walked around the curtain because he called it. And um, immediately I heard the cry before he called it. And I started crying because I feel like that cry, like when you hear the baby cry, like you just know everything's okay. It's all going to be okay. Um, And then Justin has or he saw, like, the balls because his balls were, like, really swollen. So he's like, it's another little boy. And I just remember, like, laughing, like, making this weird, like, laughing, crying sound. Kind of like, oh, my gosh, we knew it. You know, Justin and I both were, like, laughing, crying. Um, And then they brought baby around to me and, you know, as they were wiping him off. But, like, another thing that was different, the C-section, is they didn't lay him on my chest right away with both Lucas and Lane or Lucas and Ford they laid on my chest right away they took Lane over to where they weigh him, and Justin cut the umbilical cord like 10 feet over to the left so I'm just like turned to the side watching them and I feel so disconnected because I'm alone you know without Justin, which I wanted Justin over there, obviously with the baby, but, you know, once the baby comes out, you still got to get sewn up. You know, there's still more to the procedure. And I also just started having even more anxiety because I didn't get to hold my son. Like I just felt very, very disconnected and I did not like that at all. So I sat there and I watched, you know, Luke or Justin. God, there's so many names. So many boy names. I watched Justin cut the umbilical cord. I watched them weigh him. And then the pressure started getting really, really bad again. And the pressure was even worse, like getting sewn up. I'm not really sure, you know, what all goes on. But that's where I started feeling like I was getting stretched out and really pulled. Like the pressure was... Like I was like <gasps> you know, and my anesthesiologist was standing behind me and he came up to me. He's like, I'm gonna give you some more morphine or whatever it was. He's like, I'm gonna give you more. Um, because he could just tell that I was very uncomfortable and then on top of that I was like panicked. I, I think he definitely picked up on that, obviously, because he gave me another dose of medicine and then My OBGYN, my doctor kept saying, you know, um, the scar tissue, the scar tissue. This is just like all I remember. And at one point, they were trying not to cut into my bladder. And again, it's like with a C-section, you are so aware of what's going on. So like I, I heard him conversing with the other doctor he was working with. And, um, and then they would have my nurse come back and check my catheter, you know, my urine to make sure that there was no blood in my urine to, to make sure they didn't cut in my bladder. So they were going back and forth, back and forth. And again, like Justin was over with the baby. So, you know, I'm still like kind of freaking out in my head. And I think just at one point, I started praying and breathing, just like focusing on my breathing, because I, I was working myself up too. Um, So if you are having a C-section, and you're still listening to this, obviously, every C-section is different. But one thing that I truly recommend is have some type of breathing exercise that you're familiar with, you know, we learn it, If you ever took like the birthing classes for vaginal delivery, you never know what's going to happen with your birth. You know, you could end up in an emergency C-section or even if you're a scheduled C-section, like learn some breathing exercises. If you don't know any, just breathe in for four counts, hold it for two, breathe out for four, you know, something basic. But I think that really came into handy towards the end of the C-section just because I was having a lot of anxiety, you know, and it's weird. It's like it was painful, but it wasn't like sharp pain. It was like the pressure pain that I was experiencing. Um, so all in all, my C-section took over an hour and a half. Um, and my doctor was like, you just had so much scar tissue, you know, it was like concrete. He said, it's a miracle they didn't cut into my bladder. He did an amazing job. Um, and then my scar was glued together so I did not have any stitches and they put just like this clear bandage over it so after the c-section I got wheeled back to recover and I will say the most painful part of everything is immediately they start pushing on your uterus and I was having the most intense pain when that would happen and it it was like a shock like an, an aftermath math of the pushing, you know, um, it was like the aftershock of the pushing. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, you know, they would push down on the uterus, which was fine. And then as soon as she let go of the uterus of pushing down on it, I would just experience this intense pain and they had to do it every couple minutes. And that's when I was like, give me something, you know? So they had to give me more medicine for the pain. So, I would say I wasn't like fully out of it, but I was definitely utilizing whatever they offered me for pain because I was in pain. Um, And so we were back at the recovery for a while. We got wheeled into the mommy baby unit, and I just made sure by the end of the day, no, I had my catheter in for the first 24 hours. That's the thing. I couldn't walk the first 24 hours. So as soon as I got my catheter out, I was able to walk. No, that's wrong. They sat me in a chair the first. Okay, I did move. I walked from the bed to the recliner um, at 5 p.m. the same day with my catheter in. That's another thing. If you're getting a C-section, you get a catheter. So um, not the most comfortable experience, but you get it in when you're completely numb in the operating room. So really, you don't even know it's in there until it's time to pull it out. Um, but yeah, so I walked that night at 5 PM from the bed to the recliner. Um, and then the next day I started taking the pain pills every couple hours. I was trying to get out of bed more and just walk around because I remember with my last two C-sections, even with my tummy, um, tuck surgery, if you don't walk, you get really stiff. That's another one of my like. Main tips for everyone is you have to walk around now. I'm not talking about like go walk three miles No, i'm just saying, you know, don't lay in bed all day. It is easier It is a way easier recovery to if you stay active meaning like walking rather than laying up in bed um Because when you lay up in bed man, you get so stiff and I would wake up throughout the night and you know I would rest for like an hour and then get out of bed and, you know, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth or walk from the recliner. You know, I just made sure I was moving in some type of way. Um, Another thing I just want to say is this time I only took the pain pills until I took them at the hospital and then like one or two days after I got home and then I immediately got off the pain pills and just started doing ibuprofen every couple hours and I really think that has sped up my overall recovery the pain pills definitely were mandatory and a must like I really recommend them the first couple days and staying ahead of the pain but I think I definitely got got to the point where I could definitely do without ibuprofen or without the pain pills and just do ibuprofen. And I wasn't as groggy and I felt more and more like myself. So really, if you could ditch the pain pills, I think that's another like must. We'll be back after a quick break. But in comparison to my other two C-sections, minus the whole surgery aspect of it and maybe the first night, I have had a very swift recovery. I feel really good. Um, I think, honestly, because I remained active throughout pregnancy and I just kind of kept that mentality where even, you know, a couple days after my C-section, I I walked outside for a little bit and I've been progressively walking more and more. Now, definitely listen to your body. I'm not saying, you know, you should go walk outside. I'm just sharing this is what I've been doing um, and it's working for me. But I think my body's a little more conditioned because I did work out during my pregnancy. But like just remaining mobile has done wonders. You know, I'm only a couple weeks away from being fully recovered where I can start fully working out again and honestly I feel like I could lift weights today like I feel really really good and I truly think it's because I moved my body throughout pregnancy and I kept that up even after you know the c-section and getting off those pain pills I think that's like the key to just a faster recovery and obviously listening to your body And drinking a lot of water. I'm just going to put that out there. I also think like getting your water intake up daily for C-sections is like golden. Okay, so now I'm going to look at some of the questions you guys asked me. So this episode's probably going to like jump around. But that's okay. I'm going to answer them all. So I hope you have some time. Real quick, I want to interrupt this program and talk about the amazing company, LaVie. So you guys know my whole nursing journey so far with baby number three. I nursed both my first two kids and had I known about this company and what they offer, my whole nursing journey would have been so different. Their products are a complete game changer. So as you know, I was having trouble getting my milk down, and then once my milk was down, you know, I was engorged. I had, you know, clogged ducts, the whole thing. And I am all about Levy's warming lactation massagers. I massage my boobs with them before I nurse, while I nurse. I even use their strapless um, nursing bra that they offer. It comes with like a package, but these two items were like game changers even to this day when I sit and I pump. I am all about them and like I said, had I known that these products existed before, it would have changed my entire nursing journey. It makes it so much better. And these are products that like I can get behind and support because one, I am using them and two, they help support your nursing and pumping journey. So go check them out at lavie.com mom.com that's levy mom.com go check out all their nursing products to help support your nursing and pumping journey Okay, so tips for a healthy first trimester, trying to avoid excessive weight gain. So this pregnancy, I gained 45 pounds. I feel like that is a job well done. I want to pat myself on the back. I know you're only supposed to gain like 20, something like that. But in comparison to my other pregnancies, like that was amazing for me because my first and my second, I gained way over 70 pounds. I was, like, over 200 pounds when I went to go give birth. This one, I weighed, like, 160-something. Um, and and that's, like, honestly, I feel like I rocked this pregnancy. And I really don't think I gained a lot of the weight until the third trimester, which has been a lot of the water weight. Um you know I'm going on a month postpartum and I've already lost 20 pounds of that. So that's all like water weight and uterus and all that stuff. So um I just want to put that out there. I'm not obviously I'm not like obsessed with the number on the scale, but I'm just trying to give you some reference but as far as like the scale and weighing myself, you know, I've lost 20 pounds since I've given birth. So a lot of it is water. You have to give yourself grace with that. But Ways to avoid excessive weight gain is keep that mentality where this is a really crucial time in your life to prioritize your mental and physical health. So you're going to want to focus on the foods that fuel you. You're going to want to focus on less processed food. You're going to want to focus on foods that have color and nutrients and all the things because that's what you need in order to grow a healthy baby. I think adapting that mindset rather than adapting the mindset of like, oh, I'm pregnant, let's treat myself. Like, yeah, treat yourself here and there, but... This is more of a time to prioritize your mental and physical health and focusing on quality foods. So I think that's kind of the way to avoid the excessive weight gain is having that mentality rather adapting than the mentality of like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, worry about myself after I give birth. Like, no, now is the time. Okay, do you think your c section belly will go back as before? What about your tummy tuck? And tell me about your scar. Okay, so if you just look at my progress photos of just a month, and obviously I haven't been doing anything except letting my body recover, it is amazing what the body will do on its own. You know, your uterus will shrink and your belly will go down. And you'll lose the water in your legs and your face and all the things. You will see it on my photos. So, yes, I think my belly will go down. But I don't think, obviously, it will be the exact same. But I have hope. And then as far as my C-section scar, I'm pretty impressed with it. I thought it was going to be a lot bigger or worse. Just because my tummy tuck scar was really like raised and long like my tummy tuck scar went from not hip to hip it went from like groin to groin and my c-section scar is like a little shorter than that so and it's kind of weird because I think they took out my tummy tuck scar like they didn't go into the same one and it's healing pretty nicely so I waited two weeks to go back to the doctor and then they took off the bandage and, you know, it looks, like I said, better than what I thought it would be. I am going to start doing lymphatic drainage massages at six weeks and then I am putting on like silicone scarring cream to help um, just heal the scar a little better. Due to pain, could I focus on breastfeeding at the hospital? So yes, I almost felt like baby eased me. Like when I would put them on my boob, it made me feel at ease um, and it calmed me down. And I think that has to do with the hormones that both you and baby have and like nursing. So honestly, I feel like nursing helped. But again, when you nurse or when you pump, you experience your uterus cramping, but that's kind of lessened that lessened after like the second day in the hospital. I definitely, the first day was a lot more intense and then it kind of dwindled. Um, but yeah, the breastfeeding kind of went easy in the hospital for me. This is a third kid that I've nursed. So I kind of know what to expect, especially, you know, night number two, they cluster feed. That's where he just wanted to be on the boob and, you know, he would get frustrated and because he's trying to bring down my milk. Um, so we really didn't get a lot of sleep the second night. But, again, I knew that was coming from my other two. When it happened with Lucas, my first one, it, like, blew my mind. But so, you know, with your third one, you know what to expect. And I will say, I'll just kind of give you briefly because you guys have asked about the whole nursing. So after we got out of the hospital... It was on Wednesday. So I had the C-section on Monday. We got released on Wednesday. We went to the pediatrician Thursday morning. So four days after Lane was born, he went to his pediatrician follow-up and he had lost over 11%. Well, I guess it was over 10%. It was just at 11% of his birth weight. Losing birth weight is typical for babies Um, that happens and especially C-section babies, you know, they say they're pumped more with fluids, but he hit a number that was alerting with the pediatrician and my milk was still not in. Like I had colostrum, colostrum's like the yellow stuff that comes in before your milk and you know, I could squeeze that out, but I know my milk hadn't fully come in and this was day number four. And so my pediatrician who I've never had before was like, you need to supplement. He needs have formula. You know, this isn't working. I should admit you into the hospital right now with him because he's at such a, he's lost so much of his birth weight and, um, you know, you, you need to supplement and they handed me formula and all this stuff. And, I was really upset because I, you know, this is the third time I've had my baby and I felt kind of like cornered and I also felt really guilty but I also know, you know, it takes a little bit of time for your milk to come in and you know, baby lane was on my boob 24/7 for those 4 days, you know, of me just trying to get him to bring it down and I I just I know what my body was capable of. I've nursed my other two kids and I wanted that same experience with Lane and your body's so sensitive in the beginning as far as like it just going off of how much the baby wants so I felt like if I supplemented then I was going to screw up you know the natural rhythm of me producing the milk that was needed for Lane you know And I felt really upset about it. So I went home and I just was on this mission to bring down my milk and to get Lane back up to his birth weight. So I just started pumping. Now, I pumped with Lucas a little bit. Not so much Ford because I was just on call to nurse um, for the babies. You know, I wasn't really working or anything like that. So I had the luxury of just sitting on my couch and nursing my babies on call. It was amazing. So I never really had a pump that much only when I wanted to go out. So this was the first time that I really pumped a lot. So I started pumping every two hours. Um, I used LaVie's like these heater massager things that they have, um, which were amazing because they helped bring down my milk and then once my milk came in and you guys know that feeling when you wake up and you have clumps and you're so engorged, like I would massage them as I would pump, like I would do it before and as I was pumping. But anyways, I just started doing every two hours pumping. My milk finally came in and what I would do is I would just pump two ounce bottles, that's all I could pump. And then I would feed Lane every two hours. And then the next day his weight had gone up and it's continued to gone up. So now that like it's been three, four weeks, I'm still pumping. And it's been difficult because I still want a nurse Lane. And he's getting a little bit of nipple confusion. Like he does not want my breast because, you know, the bottle's faster and it's easier So, I've had to kind of cut back on the pumping or at least giving him the bottle so that he'll nurse more. So, that's where I'm at right now. But, you know, waking up every two hours and pumping and nursing, it's a lot. And it's catching up to me on the third going on fourth week. I will tell you that. I did, though, I just want to tell you moms, this is not an ad or anything. I purchased the willow pumps, the portable pumps. And they have made such a difference because I was just locked down in this chair in my room, pumping every two hours. And, you know, I have two other kids. Like, I I want to be present for them when they come home and not just sitting at this chair pumping every two hours. So, if you are a mom on the go, get the portable pumps. I am telling you, they are worth the money. It is life-changing. I can't really compare them to the other, the EV, the whatever portable pumps, because I haven't tried them. But just in general, a portable pump is life changing. Like I pump in the car. <laughs> that is mind blowing to me. And then like in the morning, I have to get the kids ready for school and Lane's about to wake up. I put the portable pumps in. I pump. It's like killing two birds with one stone. Highly recommend them. Okay, someone asked me the whole breastfeeding post. Breast augmentation, as you guys know, I got my breasts done. I got an augmentation and a lift a year ago. So, I will tell you, I have had no problems whatsoever um, breastfeeding and pumping. It's been great. So, that doesn't ruin your chance, or at least it hasn't ruined mine. So, just to answer that question... Okay. How to deal with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and knowing you had postpartum anxiety the last pregnancy, how did you prepare your mind for postpartum? So I think just in general, I'm aware of it. I'm the type of person that I know that I have some really high highs and really low lows in my life. I mean more of like high moods and then I'll have like bad days and then I'll have really good days like I'm a very up and down type person so I'm very aware of like what triggers that and I can feel it coming on and just dealing with like the postpartum anxiety before like I used to have these crazy thoughts Intrusive thoughts with both my kids that like someone was going to rob us, like just having all these scenarios in my mind of like what could happen, especially at nighttime. And eventually, I want to say I like grew out of them, but they were really bad. It was really bad with Lucas, more so with Ford. So, going into this postpartum period, I definitely am more aware of it, and I've definitely struggled with anxiety. Uh, lately, but I think my anxiety kind of stems from it's nighttime. I feel dreadful because I know I'm not going to get sleep. And then I start thinking of scenarios in my head. And then I start working myself up like I'm alone, you know, doing this by myself. And like, I just start getting that kind of dreadful feeling at nighttime. And it help and it gets me low. And then I feel very tired the next day. You know, obviously it's like this cycle. So I'm definitely aware of it. I definitely have a lot of like good days better than bad days um, or bad nights. And I've talked a lot to Justin with it. And he's been very empathetic towards me and understanding and talking to him. And then obviously I do online counseling. So those are like kind of the ways I'm preparing for it. Also, I've limited my caffeine intake. You know, I am still drinking my cup of coffee in the morning, but, like, I was doing Celsius, like, at 3 p.m. after I gave birth, you know, birth. I was having Celsius again at 3 p.m., so I was, like, upping my caffeine intake, and I've completely cut back again because caffeine definitely contributes to that. And I'm trying to just drink a lot of water and just be, like, aware and more present you know, present and being mindful in the moments rather than thinking of scenarios that don't even exist or setting myself to have anxiety when, you know, I don't even know if the nighttime's going to be bad, you know, so it's like staying present in the moment. But I truly, truly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, recommend doing online counseling or going seeing a therapist in person, because that makes all the difference, you know, being proactive about that. One other thing I kind of want to discuss and just share is the whole not finding out the gender. So I truly don't know if I would do this again. So I had this feeling that my pregnancy, I was definitely having a boy and I wanted a boy. So there's like no disappointment there. But it was really weird and both Justin and I experienced this is once you find out what the baby is, whether it's a boy or a girl, you still have to process it. And both Justin and I were thinking of, oh my gosh, what if it was a girl? Like after Lane was here, we were like, what if it was a girl, you know? Like we were still talking about this hypothetical what if when baby Lane was here. And we both didn't like that because we were still processing the gender, which obviously you do during pregnancy when you find out. And we didn't like processing it after Lane was here. Side note, like me losing sleep, my voice is like going out. So that's what you keep hearing. But yeah, Justin and I both just didn't like this, like still discussing what the gender was after baby Lane was here. And I think it's normal because you're processing it. And we were doing it post birth and we just wanted to be present and in the moment with Lane. So I feel like that was a little weird and I honestly truly feel like it took me a little longer to connect with him. I felt kind of disconnected, and I, I felt that disconnection even in the C-section room, mainly because they never put him on top of my chest or anything. Like, it was probably about 45 minutes until I got to hold him for the first time. So I feel like there was a little bit of a disconnection, and I think not knowing what his gender was kind of played into that too. But now I feel completely connected, but I feel like there was a delayed connection. Okay, last question, and I'll kind of wrap this up. But how are you feeling about having a third boy? I'm pregnant with number three. I have two boys. So I love the idea of having three boys now that Lane's here. I will say, going from three kids, I felt very anxious and almost sad the first couple of days when Lane came home because obviously all your attention is on the baby. And I felt like I was not present with my other two kids. And I started crying every night in the shower. Occasionally, I still cry in the shower. It's a nice release. But I would, like, go in the shower and feel really, really guilty. And I would, like, say to myself, like, what did I do? Like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I felt this way for, like, an entire week where I just felt extreme mom guilt for Lucas and Ford. And I will say, like, now that I'm almost four weeks postpartum, I don't feel that way. And I think mostly what happens is you get a rhythm, you know. And obviously this rhythm with three kids is going to continue to evolve. You know, it's a juggling act. Motherhood is a juggling act. But I'm starting to feel more of like, okay, I got control of what's coming, how to, you know like do a routine with the kids. I kind of, Lane's not really on a schedule, but I kind of know what's coming with his feeding um, schedule and wants and all that. So it's definitely a balancing act, but I'm feeling less and less of that extreme mom guilt um, that I felt the first week. So I just want to share that if you feel that way, especially newly postpartum, I feel like it gets better every single day from going from you know one to two kids or two kids to three and so on you get the hang of it all right so this is the first of many of my postpartum update and I'll probably do these every couple weeks because I feel like so much happens now that I am almost four weeks postpartum I will say the first week you don't feel tired I feel like you're like just in this bliss like oh baby's here you know I love this I'm so happy. In two weeks, I think it starts getting real. Like, okay, this is is hard work at night. Like, I'm waking up. I'm losing sleep. And then where I am right now is, like, I just feel tired. We don't really have, like, bad nights. It's just not getting the consistent night of sleep that's killing me, you know, and just getting these, like, hour here and two hours here. Like, you just feel even more tired. And then, like, you know, the saying, like, sleep when baby sleeps. I do that during the day and then it makes me feel even more like crap. So I'm trying to figure out, because Lane wakes up around like four and he'll feed and he'll go back down at 4.30 a.m. and then I have to wake up at 6.15 and that like from 4.30 to 6.15, that sleep, that little sleep when I wake up, I feel so groggy, so crappy. I'm starting to wonder if I should just stay up at that time and then take like a mid-afternoon nap. I gotta figure it out, but these like short intervals of sleep are killing me. Or at least it's like catching up to me on week four, so just be aware of that. And then I am starting to get more structure in my walking every day. I'm starting to do the treadmill, which feels amazing. I'm starting that in the morning and just building up a routine on top of like focusing on my water intake, taking my supplements, and now I will start, you know, focusing more on cutting out the processed food, all the sugars that I have, I've been eating, and then focusing more on quality food. So I am going to start following, like, my meal plans for my coaching program probably within the next week and really focusing on, like, what my body needs in order to start building muscle again as I kind of transition back into running and lifting weights. So it's definitely a progression, but... You know, lately, the last four weeks, I have just been focusing on recovering and let my body do its thing. If you are on your journey and you need accountability, my online coaching program is available. You can go to www.investyourbestwithallyk.com to learn more about the coaching. If you want to know what the coaching entails, I have a podcast episode that shares all about it. Go give it a listen so you have more of an idea of what it is and then of course you can find me on instagram and tiktok at alexandra will and i will see you guys next week for another episode of the invest your best podcast with ali k see ya